the media and a lot of the political rhetoric we see around refugees is to help us either believe that they're a charity case and they need a lot of support or they're a terrorist threat and then we need to watch them very closely. But in reality, they're a workforce. They're a group of people who want to work hard and add value and pay taxes and contribute to their local community. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast, and I appreciate you listening to this episode. And if you've been listening this year, you know that we hit 1,600 episodes at the beginning of this year, and we're doing something a little bit different where we're repurposing our favorite episodes around certain categories or topics, or as I like to call them, the business pillars that we think are going to be extremely impactful for CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners, and what I like to call the CB Nation architects who are looking to level up their organizations. This month, we are focused on our greatest asset, talent management and hiring. Think from great resignation to the great renovation. And if you disagree with me, maybe these episodes might be especially for you. Life and especially business has changed. It has forced those that are within organizations to look differently at talent, how it's being managed. When we talk about change, think about it. We have to realize that business as usual is no longer here, and that's evident in attracting and retaining clients, but also in setting up people within organizations to succeed. Think onboarding, think DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, how it is working from home, and even going back into the office. Things are different, and this month we are going to explore these topics by featuring CEO hacks and CEO nuggets, but also interviews that focuses on these changes and how organizations can make sure they care for and attract the most valuable asset, their people. Sit back and enjoy this special episode of the I Am CEO podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gretch from the I Am CEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Chris Chancy of Amplio Recruiting. Chris, it's awesome to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. No problem. Super excited to have you on as well. And what I want to do is just read a little bit more about Chris so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Chris is the founder and CEO of Amplio Recruiting, a staffing company helping great companies hire dependable employees from the refugee workforce. In 2018, Amplio hit $4 million in revenue and placed over 800 refugee, F refugees into jobs in Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, and Raleigh. They aim to be in 25 markets by 2025 and plan to release a book this fall on the economic impact of refugees in the marketplace entitled Refugee Workforce. Chris, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Yeah, I'm excited. Let's roll. Let's do it. So the first question I had was to hear a little bit more about what I call your CEO story and we'll let you just start your business. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking and giving me the chance to speak. I think my story, I feel, is just very average in a lot of ways. I did not come from a business background. I remember the first opportunity I even had to to kind of be put in a position of leadership within a business. My my direct report at the time was telling me to describing what a PL was. And I remember writing down the letters PNL, three letters. I got it. And and so I, I feel like I've I've really come a long way since then. <laughs> But most of it's been through failure, just failing forward and figuring things out and being willing to try some stuff. And so, so my wife and I moved into a community here outside of Atlanta. And at the time, we were looking for a good deal in a house. And, and we knew that its community was somewhat of an international community, thought there might be some good restaurants to check out. 
but we had no clue that it was, it was really a refugee resettlement community. And so for about 30 years, this community outside of Atlanta called Clarkston had been really a, a center for refugee resettlement. And it's called the most diverse square mile in the country. Mm. And, uh, and so pretty quickly, we, we started thinking through what potential ways we could serve this community is pretty unique. And, and as we met our neighbors and uh, got to know a little bit more about who they were and where they were coming from, we realized a lot of them just were eager to get back to work. When Before they were displaced from their home, they had a job. And, uh, and as we all know, there's a lot of dignity in being able to work and work with your hands and be proud of what you've done. And so we started looking at potential companies we could start to, to hire people from the community. And, and really what we landed on was, was, man, there's a lot of companies who need to hire dependable people. There's a lot of people in this community who've been overlooked, but really have a lot to add in terms of just being really hard work, working people and really dependable people. And so we said, let's just start a staffing company. We have no background in staffing, but we can figure it out as we go and, and really connect these two groups. And so, uh, so that was about five years ago, we launched into Amplio Recruiting and uh, it's, been a, it's been a crazy journey, but we've seen a lot of companies be tremendously impacted by hiring people from refugees and just recognizing that the media and a lot of the political rhetoric we see around refugees is to help us either believe that they're a charity case and they need a lot of support or they're a terrorist threat and then we need to watch them very closely. But in reality, they're a workforce. They're a group of people who want to work hard and add value and pay taxes and contribute to their local community. I appreciate you for identifying that. And, and even though you didn't have that background, you said, but in true entrepreneurial form, you created something that helped create like win-win-win opportunities for lots of people. Yeah, that's what the most exciting part is that there's so many companies that we talk to on a daily basis and they would say, the CEO I'll talk to and he'll say, I, man, I thought that the hardest part about making this business successful would be to secure the right patent. Or the, a lady will say, man, I thought the hardest part was going to be finding a co-founder who could really run with me. Or there'd be all these things that you think is going to be the challenging, challenge, most challenging aspect of starting and being successful in business. And none of them would say, I thought my hardest, the thing that I was going to struggle the most with was finding dependable people. That's always kind of seemed in the past to be something that you just take for granted. And I think we're realizing now in the labor market we have, there's 7 million open jobs in the U.S. 7 million jobs will go unfilled this year. Wow. Most of those are in manufacturing and hospitality. Those are two of the industries we serve. And so we just recognize we've got a lot of dependable people who are legal to work. They're already in the U.S. So whether or not you agree that we should continue to let whatever, all the bottom line is there are people who are already here who are legal to be here. So why not give them the opportunity to contribute and take these jobs and, and provide for their family and, and create greater stability for them and, and their community as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to drill down a little bit deeper and hear a little bit more on like how the process works, how, how you help support the refugees, but also the, the, the businesses and organizations and what you feel is like your secret sauce. Yeah, that's such a great question. In reality, the staffing industry has been around for a long time and and as we step into we stepped into that world there's a lot of things i knew that we could we could benefit from and learn from from what staffing has done really well it's a great business model it's very profitable but of course we all recognize there's some there's a reputation that comes along with staffing when that, that, that kind of the connotation there may be that that people are not treated fairly and that people could be taken advantage of and and so we wanted to be very aware of that from the start of how do we set ourselves up so that we're, we're telling a different story, that we're going to come along and provide the same workers' comp and the same payroll services. But at the end of the day, the people we're placing 
on on our on our payroll and then eventually on the company's payroll are people who are really dependable they're gonna you're gonna see an increase in retention the industry standard in staffing is right around 40 percent and our our retention rate is right at 80 percent so double awesome. the standard and it's not a lot because we're doing anything really special or unique really talk about secret sauce is really connecting deeply with this with the refugee community so we see increase in retention we see an increase in productivity as well we've got a, a company not too far from our office here that that manufactures different types of baby products and they sell in walmart and in other stores around the country and their average quota when we started working with them was they needed someone who could could hit about 300 a day of, of whatever the different items they were working on and within just a couple of weeks we had placed a group of burmese women and they were hitting 600 one lady was hitting 900 a day three times what the quota was and so not only did production increase but the, the rest of the people working at the company were saying hey if if they can do none we should be able to at least do four or five hundred right so everybody's production increases in that environment it's not like it's a sweatshop there's there's everyone sitting down in padded chairs great lighting music playing there they love what they do but there's more efficiency and focus brought to the work and so we get to see that across the board but i think one of the things we've tried to do from a secret sauce standpoint is just say hey we're we're putting people over profit we're still going to charge you just any other staffing company will but we want to communicate very far in advance that this we can't work with every company we've got to know we have got a clear standard of who we're going to work with we put every company through a 30 point scale to determine they're the right fit and and then over the last year we became a b corp so we're the first and only staffing company to become a, a b corp certified and nice it's, it's it's hard to imagine that that's the case but hopefully that there's a standard there that other staffing companies can adhere to as well to say you know, let's let's take care of the people because that really is the lifeblood of a successful staffing business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I think that I know I've heard a little bit about B Corp, but I've always, the way that I've always heard it and, and uh, find it, I guess you can say, is all along the lines of service and having a really strong purpose. So yeah, a lot of people, when they want to support organizations, they want to support businesses, having and being able to be a B Corp is definitely, you're not just doing Thanks just for the sake of doing them. You're doing them for a purpose and a cause. So I definitely appreciate you and appreciate appreciate you for getting that designation and, and congratulations on that as well. So I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. And this might be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but it's something that makes you more effective and efficient. Yeah, I and mean, that's such a great question. And I, I think if there's anything, there's very little that I do do well. I think it's failing forward and just learning from mistakes. And so there's been a couple, I'll mention maybe one book and then maybe one habit really quick. So one book that has been really key for me is called Making Money is Killing Your Business. Mm. Making Money is Killing Your Business. Chuck Blakeman is the author. He's a mentor and a friend of mine and just really logical, insightful, hard hitting, really good practical book on, on how to grow a successful business and not just something that's just going to generate some cash. So I really like that. And then for me, I think recognizing that that getting up in the morning early and having some time to to really be able to focus fully on what has to get done today before I get pulled into everything else during the day has been important. And so the only way I was able to accomplish that was really just recognizing what is what's the if there's something that's necessary and it's like highly high necessity for me when I go to sleep there's a really strong chance that I'll get up at 5:30 6 a.m. and knock it out. But if I don't go to bed with a sense that this is highly urgent and necessary then it's a little bit easier to sleep in until seven or whatever and 
kind of be pulled into the day and then I'm trying to catch back up. So I just have a clear sense of what's the one thing that's got to get done. And I know it's going to force me to wake up and get it done in the morning before I get going with the day. Nice. I, I love that because it's like you're starting tomorrow, the day before yesterday, because you have that momentum because you're already prepared for exactly what you want to do. And then it just, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. Nice. And now I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO nugget. And this is a word of wisdom or piece of advice. And you might've already touched on this, but this is something you would tell your younger business self. Yeah. One of the things I've really started settling into is again, talking about this whole theme of failing forward and, and learning from our mistakes is I just, I talk a lot about victory. It's a victory. And so there's just something for my own self, just thinking through that this whole vector principle, right? If you know where you want to be eventually, then it's that process of taking small steps every day to get there. And if you, if you start a few degrees off of, of, uh, off course today, then you're going to wind up way off of where you actually want to be in the end. And so whatever that vector point is setting your sights on that and knowing I'm going to make a few steps towards that every day. Uh, I can't, I can't accomplish everything today, but I definitely want to make progress. Yeah, absolutely. Victory is victory. I absolutely love that because a lot of times you have like that North star that's up that you're, you're making sure that you follow. And then you're like, how the heck am I going to make it all the way there? But you do little small things each and every day, just staying true to that star or whatever goal you might have. And then next thing you know, you're actually there, maybe even beyond there. So I appreciate that. And now I wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Chris, what does being a CEO mean to you? Yeah, I immediately go very practical when I hear that. And, and so maybe that's just the way my, my brain works. But I, I think for me, the three things that I'm trying to keep my mind on in terms of what my role and my responsibility is here on a day-to-day basis is, is recognizing that it's my responsibility to cast vision. That that's, that's probably only something that I can do. And so nobody else is maybe thinking about that on the day-to-day. So the only things that I can do is really what the CEO role fits for me. So I'm casting vision, number one. Number two, keeping cash in the bank and just constantly thinking about how that works. And then number three, getting the right people on our team. And if I'm doing those three things well, then everything else should be really being done really well by the other people on our team. And those are the things that only I can do. Absolutely. And having that high level kind of perspective on those things and understanding exactly how they snowball and and manifest itself in all the different things that you're doing definitely makes perfect sense. So I appreciate that definition. And Chris, thank you for your time. What I want to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know and then how best they can find out about all the awesome things you're doing and get a hold of you. Oh, wow. Thanks. Yeah. I'm excited about the book we have coming out in the fall. So maybe I'll just touch on that briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we share, I shared a little bit of this earlier, but what we see in our country right now is there's, of course, there's a lot of division and a lot of us are frustrated by that, but then what do you do? And so often when we talk about refugee stuff, obviously we're right in the middle of, of what is a very controversial topic. And so for us, we just recognize that if we talk about the moral or ethics or just there's various ways we could talk about this discussion, but it's going to polarize people. But we found if we talk about the economic impact, that it's really hard to argue that. So that so the book is really stats and stories discussing the economic impact that refugees are having on the marketplace. The bottom line is we need refugees more than they need us. We got to fill these open jobs we have. We want our, our economy to continue to grow. And, and that they're a very viable workforce that is that's ready to step in. And so excited to, to see that launch in the fall. If you want for more information on the book or just want to sign up for the pre-order or, or the launch team, it's refugeeworkforce.com. And you can get more information there and to help us launch this out and get into the hands of the right people.
Awesome. 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 Well, I definitely appreciate you for making that dent. And I think he said the 7 million unemployment that we have in the country and, and definitely helping out the refugees as well. We'll have those links in the show notes just so that anybody can follow up with you, get a copy of the book and pre-order it or buy a copy as well. And thank you so much again. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Great. Thanks for the time. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO Gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.